and hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't forget that next Sunday is uh, the first Sunday of every month, uh, right after the service. In room 12, next step is our way of introducing you to how the church functions and the mission of our church and faith family. The values of Only Believe Ministries Christian Center. It'll help you discover your purpose, which there is no greater fulfillment than you knowing what God wants you to do and be involved in. We want you to know God. That's what we want for you. To know God. We want you to find freedom. You know, we have small groups on Wednesday nights, and uh, though it seems to affect the number that's in the house, uh, in the main house, small groups are so important. I hear so many people getting set free and transformed. And then we want you to discover your purpose. So it's important. And then we want you to make a difference. Get on a dream team. Do something for other people. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's turn our Bibles to Colossians 2.8. Colossians 2.8. I'm starting a series about the devil. We're getting ready to go into what people call Halloween. It has been called All Saints Month. It's uh, all types of things. But we sometimes as Christians, when we come out of the world, we don't think that there's any real danger in Halloween. I'm not here to preach on Halloween. I'm here to preach on Satan. And I'm here to talk to you about the reality of the devil. You might not realize it, but there is a war going on in the heavens. And Satan is well aware of time frames, knowing that he has a short time. He understands what is going on. He is preparing to engage himself with one of the greatest demonstrations of evil that the world has ever known. He is about to pit himself against the elect of God, which is Israel, but he's also getting ready to set the stage for the son of perdition, the Antichrist, that which opposes everything that Jesus did and that we believe he is positioning people, demons, rulers, principalities in places that they have never been before. These are places that have been abandoned abandoned by the body of Christ, by intercessors, by people of faith, by those that once were on fire and now are lukewarm. These are places that have been neglected and withdrawn from the church, the body of Christ. And since there is no one there, he will come in and he will take it. Now, we won't regret it until it's taken. Then we will do like most of the time. We will rise up and we'll respond to a bad situation. 
And so the devil is in the midst of doing something. There's a war going on in the heavens. God is arranging the heavenly places. He's getting an army ready. Angels are preparing their self to greet and to usher in a great number of believers coming up out of the rapture. They will then begin to prepare for their return to this earth. Then we understand that there is a war in the workplace. There is a war on the television. There is a war on the radio. There is a war in script, in writings, in books. There is a war in our school system. We are surrounded by not just skirmishes, but all-out war. It is for the soul of the nation. It's for your soul and the souls of your children. It's not for the faint-hearted, it's not for the la lazy, and it's not for the confused, and it's not for those that don't want to be bothered. That means that it shrinks the army of the cross. That's what it means. Someone asked me a couple Wednesday nights ago, because after Wednesday night services, we usually take five or ten minutes and answer questions about what I talked on that night, which is a revolution of faith on Wednesday nights. And a lady said, well, how do you see the church? And I said, and I told her, <clears throat> and it's very gloomy. It's very gloomy. And uh, I said these words. Satan doesn't have to do much to the church. Now listen to me. Because the church is so self-destructive from the inside that the devil doesn't have to do anything but observe. We speak against our brothers we think is holy. We speak half-truths we think is right. We run around with those that are in the grasp of sin and say nothing. And I'm not talking about people going out and being a whoremonger. I'm talking about not loving your brother. I'm talking about sowing discord. I'm talking about the sins of your lips because it is being born and authored by the condition of your heart. And when we can see the darkness of a man's heart in the words that he speaks, or a woman, and we say nothing, then you understand that you love unrighteousness more than you do righteousness. Now, I'm not trying to get on to you, but I am an observer that watches for your souls. And I see stuff that you don't. Whether you like it or not, that's just who God chose me to be. And if I don't tell you, 
then you will not be responsible. Now, so I want to just encourage you that these wars are going on. We invite these wars into our homes by television, by script, by magazines, by books, all types of stuff. And we bring them into our families. And we pollute our families. We teach our children that the modern, the movie or the show, the episodes, whatever it is, the modern family is right. Now, what a dumb show. I, I don't know. My family is dysfunctional overall. Not Nikki and Phyllis and I, but outside of those boundaries, um, I'm not sure that I would use them as an example of sanity. But my family doesn't even have that. And so they're trying to infiltrate our families. They're trying to infiltrate whoever would have thought that a child could determine what he wanted to be after he was born. I would wait until he got about 20 years old and pull out a switchblade and say, are you sure who you are and you want to stay that way? And uh, I'm sure the question would be answered, no, I'm happy with who I am. And uh, so these wars are going on and they are intensifying. And one of the side effects of the intensity of this, these war zones is the acceptance of them by the church. I had a friend that was on my board and uh, he had a large church and uh, he uh, wrote a book, uh, monster god and uh then he wrote some other books and uh then what happened was you know then he started accepting this is not that i don't like homosexuals but he started accepting them into his church as members as born again people now i have no problem with homosexuals any bigger problem than I do with fornicators, drunks, or anything else. The problem is you disqualify yourself from salvation when you take such a stand to live that type of life. Listen, a liar is no different than a homosexual. A thief is no different than a fornicator. A liar. You, look, we want to classify sin, but sin is sin. And I'll tell you what, I know some nice homosexual people, but they aren't saved. But they can be because I was once a sinner. And it doesn't matter how good a sinner you are, a sinner is a sinner. Amen. And the end result is an eternity without God. 
and I'm babbling, I better get started here. All right, so we realize that Satan is not just an influence or a force. He is a real person. And he is active today. Satan must be defined to man only by God. Did you hear that? Only by God. God is defined by God. Jesus is defined by God. The Holy Ghost is defined by God. Satan and demons are defined by God. Man, whether sinner or righteous, is defined by God. We have so many people trying to redefine the identities after God has defined them. And when you do that, everything just comes flowing together and you just have a mess. But God defines the devil. And when God or man takes over defining the devil and who he is, we become very limited in the resources that we have about him, about knowledge, about uh, his power, his plans, his purposes. And we end up with people that even believe that he should be worshipped because they have redefined the battle and the end. And they have redefined that God will be defeated. Go to another dreamland. God is eternal. Satan will lose, but God never will. Now these things, when we start defining them, lead into false doctrines, false sciences, philosophy, vain deceits, and so forth, found in Colossians 2.8. This is the mind of man reconciling even a glimpse of the truth about Satan. And it says, beware least any man. That's the problem man. Any man spoil you through philosophy or self-thinking. Vain deceit after the tradition, not after Christ, and not after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead. Now that tells us that we are not to listen to man's limited viewpoint of spiritual things. Amen? Hallelujah. Only the Bible reveals to you and I who and what the devil is and even how he rules us, how he gets rule and how he orchestrates rule through us. He is a real person. Believe me, he is as real as God. Now, one of the things that have been stolen from the church is a revelation of hell, 
revelation of the devil, revelation of demons, a revelation of healing, a revelation of our identity. And that's just a few. And those things have been stolen from us. Like an expert pro thief, the devil has come in and began to get us numb to his existence. And if you don't believe that the devil is alive, who do you blame and who do you fight? You'll blame God. You'll blame other people. And you'll fight shadows. But you'll never encounter your real enemy. Could I get an amen? He is a real person. He has actions and characteristics and fruit and deeds that reveal his intent and his plan. His intent and his plan. 1 John 3, 8 says Jesus came. Now this is how important stopping the devil's work in your life. He said, Jesus said, he that sinneth is of the devil, the devil sinneth from the beginning. But it says, for this cause was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Why are the works of the devil so important? Why don't we just get saved? Because if you're just saved, the works of the devil will weary you. They will cause confusion. And he will have access into your life and every evil work will manifest itself. Now I know that everybody in here is saying, well, that's not me. I'm telling you, I, I got a handle over the devil. Yep. Yeah, I, I understand. Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus with power and with the Holy Ghost, unveiling to us that human power and intellect and drugs and psychiatry is not the answer for what the devil is doing in our society, our nation, and our children. It took the Holy Ghost and power It'll take the Holy Ghost and power now. But see, this is for those that embrace this as absolute truth, that the devil is real, that he's a spiritual being, and the weapons of our warfare cannot be carnal. They must be mighty because we are in the battle against the same adversary that Jesus Christ came to destroy. Luke 13, 16, Jesus loosed a woman that was bound 18 years. 18 years by the devil. By the devil. And nobody recognized it. He has a plan 
and a work that is already in motion against you and I, and believe it or not, your children and your grandchildren. He's after the faith that started with you and that is the benefited heir and heritage of your children and your grandchildren. He's after that faith. And so we have to fight because he's coming after our children. Remember the man that brought his son to Jesus? He was, had a deaf and dumb spirit. We have changed it to epilepsy because we're smarter than God. Yeah. And uh, anyway, Jesus said, when did this come upon him? As a young child. As a young child. Do not become insensitive to the battle that is coming against your children and grandchildren. It is not too early to start the first time you see them buck naked. It is not too soon to start when you hear them cry for the very first time. See, we always want to be uh, acting on something that's already happened. Wouldn't it be better just not to have it happen? What were those clappers for? Pentecostal Methodist. Jesus treated Satan like a person. He spoke to him. He didn't just try to think him out of his life. That's why we talked about the power of words. Your words are swords and arrows. But if you don't talk to him when he is speaking to you through thought, through imagery, or through verbal communication, if you don't talk back to him, then what you do is you nonchalantly accept the package. That was worth it all. Praise God. Matthew, 1, Matthew 4, 1 through 11, Jesus spoke to the devil. He talked to him like a person because he is a person. Luke, the fourth chapter, 1 through 13, Job 1, 6 through 14. Job even talked to God about Job or Satan talked to God about Job. Hallelujah. And then we understand that even Paul in Acts the 16th chapter spoke to the Spirit. Paul realized that there is a war going on. He realized that it wasn't just this young woman. It was the Spirit behind and in that woman 
that was defiling that city. And he dealt with it. We have to deal with these things that are coming up on us. And it seemed like they'd come with waves and waves and waves and waves. Like there is no stopping. And really there isn't any stopping. What you have to do is cut off the source that is entering your house with this war. Do any of you remember the first time you heard a cuss word on TV? I, I remember the word was H-E-L-L. -L. On the weather. What, what, I thought, what is that? Do you remember the first time that you got a magazine that had a woman clad in bras and panties? Now that used to be pornography in men's magazines, which my father bought monthly. But now it's everywhere. Everything from lotion to candy bars to whatever. Somebody says sex sells. Sex also kills and defiles. Not with your spouse. Have it all you want with your spouse. Could have got a good amen. Now, when Jesus talks to the devil, it, real, it reveals to us that the devil can hear. Now, what you don't want to do is play with the devil. You don't want to talk to him. Well, I need to find out who he is. No, you don't. All you got to do is say, devil, come out. That's what you have to do. Now, you can cast out a deaf and dumb spirit or a spirit of infirmity if that's what God reveals you to do. But you don't need that. You still have authority over the devil. Amen? And when the devil hears, he will record what he hears to use against your family and your life. Your family and your life. The devil can't read your mind, but since you just let it run crazy and you always speak your mind, he knows exactly what condition your heart is in. Now, the devil can't read your mind, but he does record reactions and words and your words and your actions define you just like they define him you get frustrated at something pretty soon you're going to find this happening all the time you get angry some way guess what he's going to push a set of buttons your wife has never discovered yet 
And that's saying a lot. So we have to realize that Satan, he can't read your mind, but you shouldn't be declaring what's in it. Bite your tongue. If you're married, bite your wife's tongue. Hallelujah. But he will gather that information and he will use it against you. He's not a mind reader, but he is a record keeper. Satan and demons are not stupid. They are intelligent. They broke through the protective measures of the Garden of Eden where a man and a woman was equipped with the most powerful thing in the world, the Word of God. He infiltrated it and he took captive a creation born out of God's love. Don't tell me that he's stupid. He doesn't know anything. He is an intelligent being. He plans Ephesians, the sixth chapter. We need to arm ourselves, realize that we're not fighting against uh, flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, so that you may be, and put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the wiles, the schemes, the plans of the devil. Of the devil. You know why divorce is running rampant in America and infiltrating churches and Christians' lives? Not because people get old and ugly, mean and divisive. That just comes with every person. All the devil does is this. So simple. But because we are so blind, all he does is let you see one unclean thing. I can't stand him, and, and I can't stand to kiss him because he doesn't floss. Well, get him a sandblaster. Shove it in his mouth once a day. Do whatever you got to do. Stop letting the devil destroy you. He will take that and he will cause it to be the root of a divorce. What if you never let an evil thought enter into your life about your spouse? Who would she be? She'd be Phyllis. She'd be perfect. But when we let these thoughts get in, just one, it becomes the grounds of despising and hating and breaking that which you have pledged before God. 
Now, why do we want to be so foolish? Why do we want to dance to the devil's fiddle? We just play the sucker. We're not suckers. We are children of God. We have the wisdom of God, the might of God, the temperance of God, the soundness of mind. In fact, we have the mind that values God's way above every way. It is the mind of Christ. Please don't get bored with me. Please listen to what I'm saying to you. The devil can resist you. And he will to see if you'll resist him. He is like a roaring lion that going about looking for he whom he may devour. You have a sign on your house. Hey, easy meal here. No. I'm telling you, you're better than that. You're stronger than him. You're wiser than him. God has calculated every move of the devil and told you how to come against it and stop it in its tracks. Hallelujah. Do you know that the devil can take back ground that you have gained? We would call it backsliding. We could call it, you know, well, I used to, I stopped drinking, but then I picked it back up. Well, he's taken back ground. Matthew, the 12th chapter, verse 43 on down. He's coming back to see if you've done anything with what God has given you. You have to fight for the freedom that you've got. Amen? If you're a Christian and you gave up smoking, don't marry somebody that smokes. Pretty soon you'll be licking her lips and pretty soon you'll be puffing puff. Just don't do it. Amen? I'm not telling you everybody that smokes is bad. I'm not telling you that at all. He will take background and he will recruit. He is a master of recruiting people to follow his plan. He goes and he brings back seven other spirits stronger than himself. He's convincing somebody that he's got a plan that's going to work. He will convince people by the thousands to reject Jesus Christ. God's your problem. God's not your problem. He is the only answer to every problem. So we have to make sure that we don't get recruited by him by a thought. Do you know that Adam and Eve 
became anti-God through disobedience. Well, that would never happen to me, said Adam and Eve. It can happen to anybody. Don't go to sleep. Don't let your eyes get heavy. Don't let yourself get moved away from the fire and not even know you've been moved. Also, men. He will recruit men into disobedience. Do you know that holiness today is something you don't want to say? They don't want you to mention sin. They don't want you to talk about hell. You know, just give us something good. That's a sign that the devil is winning because we're looking for people that will scratch our itching ears. You can't live off of principles only. You have to live off of the transformation of the Holy Ghost inside of you. 2 Timothy 3.1 says in these last days, this is what's going to happen. People are going to love sin more than they love God. They're going to turn away from righteousness. They're going to despise people that want you to be submitted to the Word of God. That is going to be the attitude of the world. But it breaks my heart that I see the attitude of the church being the same way. I remember 20 years ago, no one would dishonor the man of God that God had put in the pulpit. Today, they challenge, they scourge, they attack. And there is no voice of reason to say, let us not do this. I mean, it's just crazy. But that is a direct, now listen to me, a direct disconnect from you or anybody else that does it from respecting and giving God honor. You've done it to the least of these. You've done it to me. Don't touch his anointed. Look, there are so many scriptures, we just don't even want to go there. Now, do you know that the devil can take new ground? New ground. Even after you're saved, he can take new ground. He may not take 10 acres, but if it just takes a place big enough for one seed to fall, remember the enemy has sown that seed. He only needs a place for one seed, and that will lead to him beginning to take ground, taking new ground, Neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. Praise God. He confuses us. He divides us. 
He tries to stop the anointing. The anointing flows off of Aaron's beard like an oil, uniting every hair that God has put on Aaron's face. Yet the devil comes and divides and breaks the flow of that anointing. All in the name of personal preference. Hallelujah. He is the God of this world. He is the prince of the power of the air. He knows his own beginning and his own end. Revelation says that he is the accuser of the brethren. He is a tempter. He is the enemy of our soul. He is the prince over all demons. Hallelujah. Personal acts that really declare that he's a real person. He controls people. He controls their thoughts, tries to influence their verbiage. Matthew, the ninth chapter, says that Jesus cast out a devil that had a blind and dumb spirit. He controls people. Remember Mark, the ninth chapter, he takes my son, throws him into the fire to try to destroy him. Don't you really think that we have bigger things to fight than each other? And how does a man fight his brother if he still loves him? Can you love your brother, speak ill, attack, disagree, come against? We can disagree, but we don't have to be mean and ugly about it. Phyllis and I disagree just about every day. What do you want for supper? I don't know. What do you want? Golden crowd. Well, we ain't eating there. Okay, uh, where do you want to eat? Oh, I don't know. Where do you want to eat? I said, I just told you. She said, well, we ain't going there. Make another choice. So what she's telling me is, you give me a list of where we usually eat, I'll tell you where we're going. I'm going to open a restaurant and say, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. This is, I don't know what to eat. Then I'm going to guarantee them, eat here and get gas. <laughs> Before you think, that you are hopeless against the devil. Understand that Satan and demons are already defeated because of what God has done. Satan knows who you are. He knows what you can do. He is afraid of you just like he was when he knew Paul, and God's grace towards you 
is big enough to handle any battle that you come in contact with. The devil cannot defeat you if you will simply do what God told you to do. Don't invite him in. Don't talk to him. Don't keep the doors open so he can come. Start slamming them. Start making the decrees. We overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of our testimony. Tell him who you are. Tell him what you've been redeemed from. Tell him what you've been saved from. Tell him his defeat. Tell him his stripping of his glory. Tell him that you have saw Jesus high and lifted up and his train had filled the temple, showing everyone that he is the conqueror of all kings. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, Phyllis and I have an agreement. Now, she can yell, I'll kill you, but she can't yell, I'll divorce you. Why? Because if she kills me, at least the ministry can go on in prison. But if you divorce me, your ministry ends. There are certain things in our house that we don't say. They are forbidden verbiage. They just are forbidden verbiage. How about we start setting up forbidden verbiage? Filthy communication. What's that mean? Well, you know he doesn't really like her. You know he's just creating a lie. Don't you think that's filthy communication? A liar shall have their place in the lake of fire. Uh, You know, how about spreading a rumor? Like Randy Mann. Did you see him looking at that other woman in church? Now, who would ever think that any woman would want you besides Rhonda? A blind man. Okay. No. Why do we think that in order to be empowered and valuable, everybody else has to be less? Why? We have to love our brother. And if you don't love him, you're a murderer. And murderers don't have eternal life. But see, the devil wants you to be his offspring. He was a murderer. And if he can get you to dislike your brother, then you will have an eternal abode with him. So next week... We'll take it up. I probably preached too long, but you ain't got nothing else to do. It's cold outside, and 
unless you're going deer hunting. Ain't nothing else to do. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Jesus said, in my name, you'll cast out devils. Don't let him rule you. Don't let him push you around. Don't be afraid of any accusation. Every time he tells you you're going to lose, remind him he's a liar. Let's awaken ourselves to the reality of Satan. You say, well, is everything Satan? Well, anything under the curse, anything under failure, anything under division, anything under strife, anything uh, under hardness or coldness or divisiveness or, yeah, that's all the devil. That's his characteristic. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, God, that you have in your plan unveiled who the devil is to our life, how dangerous he is to our life, and that God, he is looking around every household trying to get his nose into our lives. God, let us recognize him. Let us be aware of what he's doing. Let us rise up, God. You have put the arrows of your children into our hands. Help us, God, to be awake. Help us, God, to put you first. Let us really, God, put our life under the light of the Word. We thank you for friends, God, but we don't love them any more than we love you. Father, help us. I bless every business. I bless, God, every family. I ask you to increase, God. I ask you to stir men and women, parents, grandparents, to awaken themselves, for surely the enemy is at the door. God, keep us by your mercy. Draw us to you. Draw us to you, God. Help us in all that we do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We will see you Wednesday night as we continue on preaching a revolution of faith. God bless you.